This is Town Square Sunday On Demand. And now, 1420 WBSM's Jim Phillips. Good morning and welcome to Town Square Sunday. I'm your host, Jim Phillips. This program is all about highlighting people and organizations seeking to make our region a better place to live and work. Recently, the South Coast Community Foundation named Melanie Edwards-Tavares as this new CEO and president. She was chosen for the job in July, started in September. The foundation is a philanthropic organization covering 40 communities, including New Bedford, Fall River, Cape Cod, Taunton, and Brockton. Her last position was with the Hartford Foundation for Public Giving. She is not an outsider, however. She is New Bedford through and through. She has had an interesting and compelling story to tell. So welcome, Melanie Edwards-Tavares. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Melanie, you've had a lot of interesting jobs in your 30-year career um, with leadership positions, uh, Girl Scouts of Eastern Mass., Child and Family, Pace Youth Build, Mass Service Alliance. Uh, What led you to return to New Bedford and take this position? Well, I have to say it was uh, the ability to come home and bring everything that I have been experiencing and learning over the last 30 years back in a way that um, really just culminates in philanthropy. You know, Mm -hmm. I've spent a good portion of my career in the nonprofit sector, and I got my start in the nonprofit sector completely by accident. And it was mostly because we were trying to ensure that we were providing services and supports to young people in our community. I grew up in United Front Homes, and my mom had the, the apartment that all the young people were coming in and out of because I had siblings that were younger than me and it was a place to eat and laugh and enjoy company. And we just recognized that it was it was an opportunity for us to start thinking more about what we could be doing to shape the, the young people in the community. Well, this uh, that's part of the compelling story, really, because, uh, you, you know, uh, um, your mom, single mom, single mother. Yeah, absolutely. You were the single mother. Absolutely. Um, you're living in United Front before all the changeover yep. there. And... Uh, there was probably violence uh, are happening around you, not every day, but many days. Absolutely. We lost a lot of young people. That's right. Yeah, during yeah, that time. A lot of talented young people. Uh, so um, you and your mother took that and said, we can do a little more. Yeah. And you, you performed or put together this uh, uh, Leadership group, I guess, is the yeah, best way to call yeah, it. Yeah, it was a peer leadership program, and we actually didn't know what it was. Um, you, you know, I was at, at the time, I was attending Johnson & Wales University, um, and I was uh, driving home, and my mom was picking up my son and taking care of him for me while I was off at school. And if anybody knows anything about the culinary industry, you know that the hours are long, and they're outside of uh, normal daycare hours. So I really did have to rely on the support and help of my family and uh, one night on my way home, you know, in full chef uniform, I stopped at my mom's to pick up my son and uh, subsequently fell asleep on the couch, which wasn't an anomaly. That happened often. <laughs> and, you know, I heard uh, I heard some young people that were uh, visiting with my sister, a couple of young women from the community, um, and they were having a conversation. They thought I was asleep, and but I could hear what they were talking about. And, you know, my own lived experience told me that I should roll off the couch and have a conversation with them. 
Um, and that really was the start. You know, after, after a great conversation, I didn't know much about um, nonprofits or what it would take to build an organization, but I did um, feel a connection to the young people. And um, the girls asked me if I would be back the following week. Um, and I said, of course, yeah, I, I'm here all the time, you know. So when I came back the following week, there were more girls. Um, and the week after that, there were more. And then mm -hmm. before you knew it, we we did. We had a, a full-fledged um, youth leadership program. And uh, thanks to my mom's connections with the community, she was always volunteering to help um, in the local neighborhood. Um, we started to uh, meet up with other youth programs across the city. And that's really how it began for us. Um, and then we had to figure out how to actually build an organization out of that. But it really started um, just based on a need. So helping others, getting others involved in the community, really been a part of your DNA for quite some time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Teenager. Yes. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Um, when you got a little older, um, there were some folks who said, hey, you know, Take a low-wage job. Yeah. It's better for you, better for your family, blah, yeah. blah, blah, this, yeah. and, this and that. Um, but you kept on the path of higher education. I did. Including degrees from Lesley University, Southern New Hampshire University, and then on to Harvard, 2010. Yes. Where you earned a Doctor of Education Leadership degree uh, from Harvard. What kept you going? Oh, I mean, boy. what kept you going? The, you know, you had a child. I did. And, uh, you know, people's lives changed in all those years where things, whether you get married or have another child or whatever. Um, somebody offers you a job that seems like a lot of money mm. <laughs> and, you, and you might take it. But you kept going. Why is that? How did that happen? Well, you know, honestly, it, it was my children. My children really were the impetus for me to continue on. Um, but it wasn't just my children. It was everybody's children. Mm -hmm. You know, I think the further I got along in my career in the nonprofit sector, the more I realized I didn't know. Um, and that thirst and hunger for wanting to better understand, to better find, you know, the root cause of some of the issues that we were um, combating, you know, um, through the work in the, at uh, several nonprofits, you know, it started to, I, I just started to think through, you know, is this a policy issue? You know, where does this begin? Where did this start? You know, and so continuing my education really helped open my eyes around what were the origin stories around many of the challenges that our communities are facing. Um, that way, you know, not only are we addressing what's in front of us, but we're also getting to the root of, of the issue and trying to actually make that change. So it really was a thirst and a hunger, you know, for wanting to make a change and wanting to make a real change, you know. Um, and education was the way that I pursued that. Uh, and there was always something else to learn, you know. And I think by, you know, by the time I ended up at Harvard, um, it was a wonderful culmination of many, many years of both lived experience, work experience, and education. Who were the people that pushed you along? Because oh, we all need yeah, somebody. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like that's probably the biggest story for me when it comes to thinking about the role of community and, and community foundations. It really was the community. You know, when I think back to uh, when I got my start, when me and my mom were first starting with the program, um, it, it was folks at pace. Uh, we actually were working with 
the Reclaim Our Community program at PACE that was being run at the time by Bill Shell. And, you know, PACE uh, offered to serve as a fiscal conduit so that we could actually apply for grants and have dollars come back into the community to help support the young people in the work that we were doing, neighborhood cleanups and, and you know, marches and, and uh, youth education programs. Um, you know, and then as, as my career progressed, you know, it were, I, I, at, I was at BCC for a while and it was, uh, you know, the folks that were there in the Tutoring and Academic Support Center that were providing support and talking to me about what my next step might be. You know, so all along, I've had people that were encouraging me, plenty of mentors, and I, and certainly the role of family. Um, I come from a strong you know, family of, of women who, um, you know, have overcome insurmountable odds. And I think just continue to pour into each new generation of us as young people and said, Let's keep going. You know, you can keep going. We're here and whatever you need, we're going to be here to support you to get it. You enjoy most about philanthropy and helping others. What is the, uh, we all need a little juice. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be some juice in this. So what, what, what is it with you? Well, for me, I, you know, honestly, it's, it's, the, it's the conversations. It's learning about people and it's about uh, making the connection between where there is a need or where there is a desire to understand and where there are resources to make that happen. You know, when, I, when you think about philanthropy, it really sits at the center of those three things. Um, so, yeah, for me, it's, it's, it's really serving as a conduit, you know, in, in many ways between community um, resources and, you know, new ideas, you know, about ways to solve old problems. You're listening to Town Square Sunday. I'm Jim Phillips. My guest is Melanie Edwards-Tavares recently named CEO and president of the South Coast Community Foundation. Well, for those of you who don't know, since 1950, uh, 1995, I should say, 1995, the foundation has distributed more than $50 million to various groups, organizations, with an aim toward making uh, humanitarian, cultural, and education improvements in our region. Uh, they may have gone outside that guideline, if you will, uh, uh, several times, but really the, that's, the, that's what you guys are, are all about, uh, being humanitarian, improving the culture, and education, sir, very much. That's right. Um, so on average, uh, that is well over a, a, a million dollars a year. Um, uh, do you see that level of distribution continuing? Oh, yes. Last year alone, we did $5 million in, in grants um, to organizations in the region. Uh, we did over $700,000 in scholarships to students in the region. So, I mean, I think the momentum is here. People are seeing the impact of their giving, and I think it's an exciting time. You know, it's, and especially now, I mean, we're, we're coming into the time of year where people are really thinking about how to make an impact, you know, when, as people are coming up on the holidays, it's, they, you know, they tend to think back and be um, grateful for what they've experienced and what they've had and what they can share. Um, so for us, you know, we really, we really do see the momentum happening. And um, lucky enough for us, we're, we're, on, we're on the air now at a time where we're just a few weeks away from, uh, you know, Thanksgiving and thinking about our day of giving, you know, which is generally the, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And it's the, the biggest giving day of the year. Um, uh, Last year, over $3 billion were uh, donated um, across the globe. 
uh, in 24 hours. So, you know, how exciting is that as we're thinking about momentum? That is Thursday the 30th. Tuesday the 28th. I'm sorry. Tuesday the 28th. You said the Tuesday after. Tuesday the 28th. That is Giving Tuesday. Giving Tuesday. And will the foundation be holding any special programs or announcements well, about that? We're going to be sending out a lot of correspondence to make <laughs> sure that people know that it is Giving Tuesday and we are a place that folks can give. Some folks might ask, gee, you distribute a lot of money every year, $5 million you talked about, and more than that, actually. Where does that money come from? Oh, yes. Well, that money comes from a, a number of different places. We actually, well, we're actually a nonprofit. Many people don't realize that community foundations are also a nonprofit. So um, we are also uh, pursuing grants. Um, and so we bring dollars in in that way. But the biggest way that community foundations uh, generate revenue is through the development of funds. And so families or individuals or businesses often will contact us. Um, they want to do charitable giving, but they just really don't know where to begin. And they certainly don't have the capacity to do grant making on their own. And so they'll set up a fund with us and we'll make a determination about whether or not you know, together they want to endow that fund and have that fund live in perpetuity where a percentage of those the revenue coming from those funds is then given out every year. Um, but as a community foundation, we pool all of those resources together and invest them. And what comes out of that investment as a return gets reinvested back into the community, community uh, by way of grants. Raising money, getting people to contribute money, it's not always an easy job. It's not. Uh, it's, it's hard work, in fact. Uh, part of your job, I'm sure, is to uh, oversee that part of the operation yes. in uh, in a tough economy. Although the economy is, we've had worse economies, yeah. I believe that has to be a, a difficult job. Um, so, I guess I'm not asking for your sales pitch, but <laughs> how how do you become successful in that job? <laughs> well, I think I think number one, I mean, in in our role as a community foundation, you have to know your community, and that's number one. You know, we have forty one um, towns and cities that are um, all very different and very unique, and it's our job to get out and understand what the needs are in these communities. Who are the the nonprofits that are serving the community, um, and what are what are the needs that they're seeing? Um, and really, we make that connection to the donors, back to the donors. You know, oftentimes we'll have fund advisors who come in and say, where is the need most? You know, where can I make the most impact? And so we're really serving as that that connector uh, between the need and and the uh, the donor. And um, when you once you know your donors as well and know what's exciting for them, the thing that really, you know, makes them feel uh, connected to to their charitable giving, then we're able to help make those we're a matchmaker in many ways. You know, it's, we help to make those matches happen. Um, and then oftentimes we'll also have dollars that uh, thankfully the, the foundation has discretion over. And so we might be able to be much more responsive to needs that are emergent. Um, and when those dollars are available, that's exactly what we do. We saw a lot of that happen through COVID. Um, I think community foundations across the country, which there are just under 800 across the country and we're one of 16 in the state of Massachusetts. We were all, um, you know, very quickly able to uh, pivot and get dollars to where they needed to go. Um, and that, that's because those, those, uh, those mechanisms were already in place. 
Do you plan on making any, I know it's early, but do you plan on making any changes to the foundation or the priorities that it sets? Well, uh, I came in at a time. Um, I'm very lucky that uh, not only did I get to start um, in in August um, at Summer's Last Blast, or in early September, rather, at Summer's Last Blast, but I also had an opportunity to, to meet with everybody there uh, very quickly, as it might be with, um, you know, with so many people there, um, but it, to follow up with folks to get a better sense of what's important to them. And I'm lucky enough to that we are embarking on a strategic planning process. And so... Um, we're going to get a good sense from many of uh, our stakeholders, those that know us very well, about whether or not we are, we are heading in the right direction or do they have recommendations for areas that we could be doing better. Um, right now, I can tell you that uh, we're part of a network of community foundations across the state of Massachusetts. And a goal for me really is to raise the profile of who a community foundation serves and what we do. I think oftentimes people don't know what their local community foundation is capable of, you know, um, and it's really important for me that people understand um, a gift to the community foundation is amplified because it is pooled with other um, with, with other donations. And then we're able to make those investments and then really generate a lot more um, than folks would be able to do on their own. How many grants did you uh, deliver last year? So I, I, well, I know that we served 150 um, nonprofits last year with mm-hmm. that $5 million, and that was over a, a large number of grants. Um, can philanthropy work better in this region somehow? I mean, uh, I guess the answer to that is people need to contribute more money. Yeah, well, I think it's a, it's a little it's a little bit of both. I mean, you know, we, of course, the contributions are an important part of this, but it's also to... Um, convening you know i i think getting people together to talk about what the issues are um and and philanthropy can work always work better right i mean i think the beautiful part about a community foundation is that we're responsive to the needs of the community which means we shift and change as the community needs shift and change and i think where we've done a really good job here in this region is um there are a lot of funders who come together to discuss kind of like where they are and what needs they're seeing. Um, and so we work together to figure out who is going to be the best person to step in when there's a crisis in a certain area. Um, or, you know, for the long term, some funders are, are better suited to um, be the longer term partner, some better suited to, you know, serve the need as it is arising right now, you know, what is what is much more acute. So I feel like there's all there are always, you know, places where we could improve, but I think we're going to be building on some really good work that's already started here. Okay, the priorities for the uh, South Coast uh, Community Foundation, at least till now, have been humanitarian, cultural, and education. Yes. And uh, you don't see those changing drastically. No, I don't see those changing drastically. I think there are, there are major needs in all of those areas. It, we may change our approach. You know, it may be that we, um, we shift or we drill down on something very specific, but those are the needs. Those are certainly the needs. And, you know, they, they haven't been resolved yet. <laughs> no, no, they haven't. I guess we can, we can say that. My guest has been Melanie Edwards-Tavares, the new president and CEO of the South Coast Community Foundation. Best of luck to you and the foundation Thank you, in this job. It's great to see somebody, uh, you know, from the city uh, who has a, at least a, a knowledge of what's going on here, what New Bedford is all about. Yeah sitting in that chair. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy to be home. All right. Very good. Town Square Sunday will continue in just a moment.